It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo! Ha! What's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or tune in. Go to the keyword search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast, and you're in there. Man, it's been crazy since the last podcast episode. I've been all over the map. First off, I'm fresh off a, a, a pretty pretty ritzy event. Um, as y'all know, I work for the Los Angeles Clippers, and if you don't know, now you know. Okay, that's my biggie. Anyway, Ralph Lawler, longtime voice of the Clippers for TV and radio, um, just retired. Tonight was his last regular season game, and there's a lot of festivities. Got to meet a lot of people. It was, a, it was a good time, and uh, he personally invited me and handed me his invitation to his party at the Star Plaza at uh, Clipper, uh, at Staples Center, and uh, so thank you, Clipper organization. Thank you, Ralph. I'm fresh off leaving there. I left, and I said, nah, I'm going to go back, so I went back and had a good time, and thank you for that, Ralph. Thank you for your 40 years of wonderful announcing for Clipper basketball. I also got to give a shout out to Whittier College. Thank you for having me as a uh, panelist, uh, people of color and predominantly white industries. I got to be a guest speaker on a panel, share my experiences with the young students there at Whittier College about, you know, being a brother, being being somebody of color uh, in, a, in a field that we're not normally represented fully. And uh, I got to corrupt the youth a little bit, so... Uh, Thank you, Kalini, for that. I know you're listening. And if you're not, tell somebody. Tell Kalini that I said thank you, Kalini Coleman. <laughs> I, I appreciate you um, speaking on my behalf and say we got to get this guy up here and, and, and talk about it. So it's good to, to connect with uh, young students. Um, youngsters give me energy. So, yeah, it's been a jam-packed week between Ralph Lawler's retirement and meeting up with you know Hall of Fame basketball players and Clipper greats and got to meet a lot of people tonight. And then two days ago, I got to speak at the college. It was great. And I want to say a lot of things have happened since the last uh, podcast. Now that it's public knowledge, um, last week I spent my entire podcast on Nipsey Hussle because um, he's done a lot of great things in the community. He's one of my favorite rap artists, but above all, he's a great human being. I never met him. But since it's public knowledge, about a week ago, I did see his family at Staples Center as they were scouting the venue to uh, have his funeral there. And I wasn't in the mood to try and TMZ the story and sell it and take pictures and all that. And Los Angeles is shutting down tomorrow, basically. As I record this, it's the day before his funeral. The whole city's shutting down. Um, but I did have the honor and the privilege to meet his brother, Black Sam, and uh, 
his personal bodyguard, Nipsey's personal bodyguard, J-Rock. Um, those brothers look really somber as I saw them. Really sad. And to be that close to somebody that was that close to Nipsey was an honor. And he was surrounded by a lot of people, a lot of Nation of Islam, uh, Fruit of Islams. Um, and they let me go through because I wanted to talk to Black Sam. And it was a pretty surreal feeling. So I said, uh, brother, I, I, I know you lost somebody very close to you. Um, I was not just a fan of your brother, but I thought his business model was and his philanthropy efforts were great. And um, my heart goes out to you and your family, your mother, your father, um, your niece and nephews, nieces and nephews. And, you know, um, just know that the city of L.A., the world is praying for you. And he looked at me and J-Rock looked at me. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I outspoke, you know. And he just said, no, thank you, brother. I appreciate that more than anything. Dapped it up, gave me a little hug. And, um, you know, just praying for the family. So um, I'm on my Nipsey kick just a little bit, just a little bit. But, um, you know, God bless the family of Nipsey Hustle and his friends and close associates. Um, I made a trip down to the Marathon store. And uh, that energy is crazy down there. So, you know, for the people of Los Angeles, if y'all hear this before you go to the funeral, first of all, if you're scalping tickets, if you're scalping tickets to a funeral that's free, you should get a, go straight to hell with gasoline underwear on, straight up. Not saying I wouldn't be there for some of the stuff I've done, but still, that's just low. Like, you're going to scalp tickets? I've seen it go as high as $500 for free tickets. Damn. I mean, some people could say, oh, well, you're capitalizing on your uh, podcast because of uh, this, that, that. No, no, I wanted to talk about it because it's a story. So those people got no love, man. But um, just keep it cool. Keep it peaceful and do the things that Nipsey would want everyone to do. I mean, he's accomplished more after his untimely death than he would have alive. I, I believe that. So. It was it was an honor and a privilege to meet Black Sam and J Rock for that reason. So that that's amazing. That's amazing. So here's the thing. I wanted to get back on track on how I usually do this podcast. A lot of people say, "Oh man, you get stuck on these things and you go week after week." Well, that first of all shows me you're listening, but I'm also down for feedback. And I got to say this. I'm going through a time in my life right now where I'm making changes as far as being, you know, older. You start reassessing your life and you you think, hey, maybe I should change up a few things in my life, you know, whether it's eating healthy or who you associate with or financial changes or, you know, I want to do my dream job for once. And you look for that support. You look for people that match energy. But the thing is, you learn after a while who your circle is. You learn after a while you've been watering dead plants for a long time. And you also worry about what people think about you. Here's the thing. I am, I was a recovering people pleaser for a very long time. But I have now fallen off the wagon 
And I started people pleasing again. And if you keep people pleasing, eventually you're going to get to a point where you start hating yourself for it and you get in your own head. And then you look for that support to come around and say, Jake, we got you. But then you realize you're watering a lot of dead plants. I don't do resolutions. I did say that on my first, you know, the beginning of the year uh, on the New Year podcast. I don't do resolutions. I lied. I do one resolution. I did one resolution this year. I didn't make public until now. For the most part, I was always the one, even now, that initiates everything. I'm the one to make the phone call. Hey, let's hang out. I'm the one to say, yo, we haven't had dinner in a minute. Why don't we do that? I'm the one that always makes the first move. We should get together. We should hang out this weekend. We should, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm always the one to do it. And if you think I'm lying, then you're in denial, people that know me. (laughs) But it's fact. I'm usually the one that reaches out, mainly because I hate rejection. So I'll do it first. Then if you're like, no, I can't, then it's like, well, at least I tried. But I said, no. This year, 2019 is about matching energy. This is my secret resolution. Not losing weight, though I'm losing weight and I love it. My resolution is to stop watering dead plants, stop initiating everything, settling for less, and matching energy. So what happens is, when you start matching the energy that you're receiving, people don't like it. People don't like it. They're like, oh my God, how come you're acting like X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah? Well, you don't make the first move. You don't usually make the phone call to hang out. You never want to hang out, but I see you hanging out with other people. So I just stopped trying. Well, what's wrong with you? See, that's the thing. It's a defense mechanism. People start to say, oh, what's wrong with you? Why has it got to be me that has the problem? Maybe it's you. And that's the thing. Why are we matching energy? Because I got to see who's down for me, who's not. Now, I'm not talking about nobody in particular. And if you feel guilty about it, then that's on you. Call me up privately. I'm not going to name names. (laughs) And sometimes I bring these subjects up because people want me to talk about it on the podcast. But the problem with that is, oh, man, Jake is talking about me. So then I'll get a phone call or a text. Why are you trying to put me on blast? Now, sometimes I'm talking for other people. But this may have something to do with me. This may not. You don't know that. You may know that. But match those people's energy. If you get to a point where if you've worked really hard to try and maintain friendships and maintain your happiness and try to do all these things to be normal and live a normal life, a fun, fruitful, productive, normal life, I want to hang out with this person, but I'm always making the first move. Well, if they can only give me two hours of their time, I'm okay with it. Or I wonder what they'll think if I do this. But I should be the one to call them because they won't call me. That's a problem. And trust me when I tell you, 
I'm so guilty of that. Watering dead plants. Going above and beyond and settling for less and worrying about what people would think about me. Getting in my own feelings, getting in my head, being a little whiny little biatch. There's a time and a place where people stop being like that because they get tired of it. You know, I get in my head a lot. And I got a big ass head, so there's a lot of room. <laughs> and eventually you're like, man, I got to chill. Here's the thing. You will get to a point where you've had enough. Because when a fool wakes up, man, the wrath that occurs after that, the best thing you can hear from anybody, especially somebody that's dead wood in your life, damn, you've changed. The best thing you can hear, damn, you changed, man. What's wrong with you? used to be so much nicer. Well, no, maybe I just got tired of putting up with your crap. Maybe I got tired of calling you first. Maybe I got tired of always having to initiate contacting one another. And you match their energy and they don't like it. Damn. It it sucks when the shoe's on the other foot. So it's it's just not fun. When people get a taste of their own medicine, it's never a good time. But yeah, cat's out the bag. I told myself this year, I will make sure I'm matching whoever, I'm matching the energy of whoever else. You know, I'm matching energy of everyone. I'm not always going to be the first one to call. I'm not going to keep watering dead plants. You want to you hang out with your boy? Hang out. You want to go have dinner? Let's go have dinner. If you want, if you want to do whatever, yeah, but don't let me be the first person to do it. Because it'd be like six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks without hearing from me. And that's why. And I'm just saying me as an example. There might be some truth to it. There might not be. You'll never know unless you do know. But this goes out to the person that is the one that always reaches out. Always makes sure everybody else is okay instead of themselves and worry about everyone else but themselves i'm talking to that person right now stop being the person that's always initiating stop being a person that gets sick to their stomach because they hope that person still likes them or what would they think about me if i do this or that stop being that person because you'll never be happy I can tell you from life experience myself, you will not be happy if you keep going down that route. Love yourself enough to not do that to yourself. If somebody wants to make the time and effort to hang out with you, they will make the time and effort to hang out with you. If they're not enthusiastic about the choices you make and you worry about how, to th how they're going to think about you, that's not somebody you need in your life right now. Make the choices to be happy. Make your own choices and cut out your dead wood. Match the energy of the people around you. If they don't want to be around you, if they don't want to make the, 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 the calls to go out and have fun or whatever, you're always initiating and you're tired of it, take charge of your life. Take charge of it. Because I'm telling you right now, they'll keep doing it if you let them. Period. People will take advantage of you.
And they'll say, oh, well, you know, Jacob, he always says yes. Don't be that person. Love yourself enough to match their energy. Love yourself enough to stop watering those dead plants. Love yourself enough to break the chains of mental and have that mental freedom to be able to say, damn it, I am putting up with this crap no more. Love yourself enough. Because look, we've seen an example. Life is too short. A young man, 33 years old, got gunned down, living his best life. Life is too short to live for someone else. This is the time, if you want to do it, you do it. Don't make excuses anymore. Don't say, I'll be happy when I do this. Or my life will be better when this happens. Because I'll tell you what, what if it does happen? Will your life be better? You don't know that. Break the chains, be free now, have fun, enjoy your life and live it to the fullest because I'll tell you right now, as long as you keep saying things will get better when, it'll never, ever, ever get better. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yeah, okay, so that last segment, I kind of went off on a tangent there, Um, but I got to say this. Not everybody's life is that complicated. Some people actually have cool-ass friends that do initiate, and some people just don't give a damn and say, you know what, I don't give a damn about that. Like, I'm going to live my life, and I think that's cool. I really think that's cool, and not everybody is as messed up as the people that want me to talk about it or myself. So we'll move on. <laughs> okay. So as part of my research for doing my podcast, I like to peruse the Internet. I like to find topics I can talk about and have nice, lengthy, deep discussions. I'm not one for small talk. Don't ask me about the weather. Don't tell me how nice it is outside and then you have nothing else to offer. I want to get deep with you sometimes. And I'll do that here on the podcast. So as I'm on Instagram one day, I come across this meme. Now this is for the ladies. The girls that pretend they don't have feelings love the hardest it's a defense mechanism okay i've never in my life understood this logic you have feelings or you don't have feelings because you love hard huh what i feel like i'm at the buffet again huh what Help me. Yes. Help me understand this. Now, before I even got a vote, because I put it on my Instagram story for a vote, because I'm like, I'm intrigued now. I want to know more. I want to do my research. I want to see how many women feel this way. Before I got one vote, four females hit me up on the DM saying, Jake, like, what kind of question is that? Well, I'm just going off of what this meme is saying. It's not true. That's stupid. Then vote. And out of those four, one of the four voted. <laughs> but yeah, they're going off of me. Like, I didn't write it, but I want to know about it. That's why I put it on my Instagram story. Okay? So these women that say they don't do this, I had a good lengthy amount of people for this research pool. Okay? And... of these women that voted agreed 
and said, it is true that girls pretend they don't have feelings. The ones that don't have feelings love the hardest. Oh, brother. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go somewhere with this, okay? Let's go somewhere with this. Um, why do you do that? If 64% of these women that were asked this question do it, why do you do it? You're that scared of being hurt that you'd rather show somebody that you don't care about them. What kind of damn sense does that make? Look, when I like somebody, friend, female, cousin, whatever, if I have a relationship, some type of relationship with you, you're going to know where I'm coming from, okay? If I think you're cool, I'm going to tell you you're cool. If I think you're being an ass, I'm going to tell you you're being an ass. I would expect the same. Don't have me guessing, okay? This just don't make no damn sense. This doesn't make sense for anything, I've for anybody. You're a single girl, okay? You... Uh, well, this is written by a girl, so let's 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 change it up. You're a guy, and you 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 see this girl and you dig her, right? And she cool, she's cool, she's like what you've been wanting, right? And so y'all start talking, but she acting all mean towards you because the girls that pretend they don't have feelings love the hardest. It's a defense mechanism. I don't care, whatever. That don't bother me. Okay, look, here's the problem. People get mixed signals all the time. People are not equipped to be mind readers. If you like somebody or you love somebody, whether it's your friends, boyfriend, husband, whoever, your significant other, whatever, your family members. If you love somebody, love never hurts, okay? If you really care about somebody, why not show them you care? So you mean to tell me you love me a lot by showing me? I don't care. I don't care. I don't really like you. You're, you're cool. You're aight. I'm just aight. Now you've gotten to know me and I'm just aight. Well, yeah, I mean, you're cool. Okay, well, build that wall. <laughs> Peace. Deuces. I mean, I never understood that concept. Now, if, 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 and I've seen this with family members. I've seen it with friends. This isn't just like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, none of that. Some people just can't be vulnerable. I'm not saying everybody should be vulnerable. If it doesn't work for you and you think you're going to fly off the handle, you're going to, okay, fine. I get it. But why complicate things more in your friendships, your family, your relationships by acting like you ain't got no feelings? I don't care, whatever. Like, whatever, I'm good. And risk losing somebody you care about. Whether it's your friend, your significant other, your family. I never understood that. 
but 64% of the women that did this survey said it's true. Okay. Why don't you do this for the ones that think it's true and for the ones that think they have to do this to get through the day? Just one time, one time in your life, you pick the person. You pick, it's your homegirl, it's your homeboy, it, whoever it is, significant other, whoever it is. Do me one favor, and I would love to hear a success story or I would like to hear a failure story. I want to hear a story. Hit me up, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com, or you know, shoot me a DM at the, at Big Brother Jake or at the Big Brother Jake Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, the BBJ Podcast at the BBJ Podcast. Okay, why don't you try one thing? Try for once not being hard, not acting like you care. For the one person that's craving your love, craving your attention, craving you, for one time, be vulnerable. Don't act like you don't care. Show them you actually care and see what will happen. I almost promise you, you'll see a different result that you would not even think would happen. Because I'm going to tell y'all now, if we're talking about relationships, As a man, I'm going to tell you right now, you come at me with this, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to believe you off of face value. If you're my homegirl, if you're my wife, whoever you are, this is me. Because I'm going to tell you how I feel. If you've been through some stuff and you're like defensive, share that with me. Because I ain't going to spread that information out. However, I will say this. You will turn a lot of people off. It's okay to be vulnerable with people you trust. But I never understood the concept. I don't care. Whatever. You really do like me because you don't care? Whatever? Y'all got to help me out with this. And I love to continue this discussion, but I had to do the survey and figure this out because it just doesn't make sense to me. So I know that 64% of who voted feel this way. (laughs) Please help a brother out because I have no idea why y'all have these feelings. And it's okay to pretend you don't have them. Help a brother out, please. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Okay. All right. I am I'm an open book. So I have no problem sharing this story. Dateline. Everett, Washington. The year? 1997. All right. So we were stationed in Bremerton, Washington. And of course, there's nothing to do in Bremerton, Washington. 
Unless you like going to the late shift and play darts. I think that's what it's called. The late shift? Um, my Navy homie's going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. The night shift, the late shift, whatever. But it was like a little hole-in-the-wall bar, and we used to play darts. And I got really good at darts for a, for a minute. Like, I got really good at darts because there was nothing to do. But for that night, I didn't want to go down the street and play darts. I didn't want to jump on the ferry and go to Seattle because I used to go every single day and got tired of it. I said, I want to do something different. I want to go to a club. And of course, I like the Latinas. And so my boy is like, yo, there's this club in Everett. If you're down and give me gas money, I will take y'all. Word? Okay, cool. Now keep it, keep in mind, I had a little thing where I was engaged, wasn't engaged, got engaged again. So I'm like, I'll be on my best behavior, but Man, I'm ready to blow off some steam and have a good time. So we get to this club in Everett. There's my boy Corey with the cream-filled fingers. That's what he calls himself. My man Farrell, Wes. Who else was there? Who else was there? My man Boko Dicky Dow Sunglow. God rest in peace. And, of course, my man Biggie, Jerome Biggins. Yes, they are essential to this story because they witnessed what happened. I always have witnesses to my stories. So, you know, just the fellas going, we're having a good time. We find a club, and there's a lot of Latinas in there, and there's some sisters, and you know, like all the fly women in Washington were at this club. And I've been to Seattle quite a bit. I'm like, yo, I ain't never seen no girls this fly in Seattle. I damn sure ain't found no girls this fly in Bremerton. Okay? I'm not even going to go into what they call the local women there because it's not cool. They call them Brimaloos because they're heavy set. Look, I like me a thick woman, and I like girls with curves. And you know who wants a number two pencil? But that's just me. Anyway, but there, there's a limit. I mean, nobody wants somebody to look like me either. But somebody might. Not everyone's into Brimaloos, but somebody might. Anyways, so we at this club in, in Everett. And it's a good time. They're, they're bumping Craig Mack and Biggie Smalls because that's what was hitting at that time. You know, and you got West Side Connection. And then you got, um, you know, like Merengue and Salsa. So, like, the DJ was just doing his job. And the night was good. You know, I was on my best behavior. You know, the fellas out there. And then they had um, Wu-Tang Clan come on. Um, Triumph. Abomatomically. Socrates Philosophy. You know, so it's like... Doom, doom. So you're like, yeah, okay, it's going, it's going, it's going, and it's it's just jumping off, and you know the the fellas are out there, we dancing, we having a good time, right? I only had one beer, so let me qualify the story before anything else happens. I had one beer, one, one MGD. That is it. Never genuine draft. One beer. All right. Did I tell you how many beers I had? One beer. All right. So I want to say it was an outcast song. You know, you just do the bank head bounce. You know the dance. For those who don't know the bank head bounce, look it up. So I was trying not to dance with any females. And to this day, I will maintain my story. And Corey and Wes and Jerome 
Y'all can attest that I was not dancing with another woman. Y'all know I was not. Y'all could vouch for me on this, okay? So we're all in the circle dancing, you know, the homies doing this thing. And I'm literally bank head bouncing. And I'm just, you know, doing a little, you know, my West Coast two-step, you know, like, I guess like a cholo dance. <laughs> and as I try to, you know, dip a little bit. Oh, what the hell? Who tripped me? Man, okay, that was weird. Just fell for no reason. Let me get back up. Oh, oh, oh. And as I went down, I heard the three pops, and it started burning my right knee. I said, "This ain't this ain't normal." <laughs> I went and I looked. And <laughs> I was trying to get up. My leg was on backwards. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? I was literally just doing the two-step bank head bounce. And my ass fell down. And tried to get up again and fell down again. So then I'm like, yo, I'm in pain, y'all. Can y'all help me? And my boys just left me there to just die. <laughs> I'm like, yo, come and get your boy. So they're like, nah, B, you on your own, homie. Uh, get out, fool. How much you had to drink? I was like, yo, one, one beer, one beer. So what happens? All right, y'all ain't going to help me. I almost felt like I was at the roller rink. That's why I don't roller skate because I'm not good at it. And I know every time I, I, I try to, I fall on my ass, okay? So what happens? I try to get up. Ah! Oh, fourth pop. And more burning. And I legit, literally cannot walk this time. I'm like, fellas, yo, come get me. My boys are laughing at me. And Corey, I'll never forgive you for this. It was funny now that I think about it. He said, yo, dog, salute. <laughs> he held up a beer and said, this is for you, homie, and drank it. And I'm in pain. And all of a sudden, and I remember because it's a Tupac song that was on. At that point, because I was already, you know, the the outcast song, whatever it was, it already ended, a new song started, I tried to get up three times, fell, hurt myself, making all that noise. That's how it sounded when I fell down, too, because I'm a heavy guy, so it was like, that's how it sounded. And then, uh, all of a sudden, it's, okay, um, to the gentleman that's on the dance floor right now, we need you to get up, and uh, you can't just park there. Uh, we're going to have all the ladies come out and do a slow jam. Okay, now I'm surrounded by beautiful women that I can't touch because I'm engaged. Looking at me like, dude, get up. And I said, yo, I can't get up. I'm so sorry. I cannot get up right now. Y'all need to help me, please. My boys were not, <laughs> they weren't helping. And so I had to drag my butt like a dog, you know, when it takes a doo-doo and drags its ass across the uh, <laughs> the grass. I was kind of like like a slug, like slowly going to the edge <laughs> of my of the dance floor. And I couldn't get up. And so the DJ and I wish if I found this mother lover man, I would beat his ass. Cause he's like, okay everyone, um 
the slow jam is not going to happen because the gentleman in the baggy corduroys with the cool driver cap refuses to get off his ass and get off the dance floor. I'm like, dude, I can't get up. I cannot get up. I need your help. Somebody help me. An ambulance is on its way, Mr. Funny Man. And I'm like, yo, an ambulance for real? And my boy is just like, yo. All right, they finally got up <laughs> and got me off the dance floor just enough. But I still, I was like, no, no, ow, 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 no, 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 it burns, it burns, it hurts, it hurts. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, it hurts. So what happens? I can't get up. I'm literally laying on a dance floor with my dope ass clothes. I had some Timberlands on. You know, I was looking like pretty fly. I looked like a, a Biggie Smalls, like dressed like him. You know, I had the, the cap, had the brown baggy corduroys. I had this like plaid shirt, you know. It, it, okay, look, it was cool for 1997 and everyone shopped at the exchange if they were in the Navy, okay? So finally, an ambulance comes, all right? And they were like, we're going to help you. So they got these three pretty buff dudes, picked me up, put me on the... Uh, the gurney and what happens everybody <laughs> Woo! finally get this mother lover off this dance floor so i channeled my inner tupac and told everybody they were number one as they hauled me off the dance floor on a stretcher how embarrassing so not only are all these girls looking at me like, damn, what's wrong with homeboy? Yo, his leg is backwards. He felt four pops in a burn, and it happened doing a bank head bounce. How embarrassing is that? So I get to the hospital, and it's like 2.30 in the morning, and I, I'm not a, I don't sleep a lot, and that is well documented. So I'm laying in there in the ER and they're like, uh, sir, what's going on? And I'm in so much pain. They're not giving me any painkillers. They're not putting ice on it. They're not doing anything for me. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah it hurts. Oh, this guy's drunk. I can smell the beer on him. Make him wait longer. We're not dealing with drunks tonight. I'm like, yo, doc, please help me. I'm in pain. Nah, you're drunk. So I had to sit another 30 minutes in pain. Ah, homeboys didn't even come to the hospital. You know, I'm like texting, or not texting, but like paging them because we didn't have text back then. And I'm like, yo, 911, finally, because I'm next to a payphone on my gurney. And I had a pocket full of quarters back then because that's what you did when you had a pager. And then like, yo, Corey, where you at? Yo, we still at the club, man. We about to get these girls. Like, yo, come, come help your boy. Oh, man, you good. You in good hands. You had a hot, you at the hospital. You at the hospital. They'll give you a ride back to the base. So after three and a half hours in the ER, they decided that my leg was so bad, torn meniscus, it was backwards. They put a cast on me from my hip to my ankle. <sighs> yeah, your boy was bankhead bouncing and he hurt his knee and it like literally tore it to shreds. Because my knees are so flexible, I took a wrong step and it went backwards. Like it caved in and got up again and caved the other way. To this day, whenever we go out, me and the homies, the inner circle, homies and homegirls, every time I try to do something fun, watch your knee, watch your knee, <laughs> watch your knee. Yeah, real damn funny, huh? 
jokes on y'all. I won't disclose why the jokes on y'all, but it's financially all right. <laughs> well, the story is two things. If you're gonna dance and get accused of something, you might as well just go all the way out and get the girl and dance with her. Second of all, watch how you bank head bounce because it's dangerous out there. True story really happened. Don't believe me? Ask Corey. Ask Wes. Ask Jerome. They were all there, and it happened, and I'll never, ever live it down. Thanks, guys, for nothing. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so the moral of that story is never take me out dancing because I might get injured. Especially if it's the bankhead bounce. Anyway, uh, this portion of the show, I usually would like to reserve it for the independent artist spotlight, which I have not gotten any uh, responses yet. So if you are an independent artist, I don't care what genre of music you make, hip-hop, R&B, country, rock, whatever. As long as it's not devil worshiping music, I ain't down with that. Um... Please send your music with a bio, name of the song, maybe who produced it. Send that along to the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com, along with an MP3 copy of your song. Make sure it doesn't sound like you made it in a garage. Oh, wait, that's where I do my podcast. That's fine if you do it in a garage, but make sure it sounds somewhat good. And Because uh, and, I've gotten some submissions, and the audio quality is just terrible. So yeah, um, with that being said, I am working on two projects right now. Um, haven't really said much about it, but I'd like to share that part of me. I love making music, love making beats, and I'm slowly getting back into it again uh, because once you feel the music, you got to just ride that wave. But I do have two albums I'm working on right now. Um... Of course, the one where I actually have lyrics is called uh, 9240 Forever. And you will get California Soul 3.0 coming out. And I'm going to try and put both of those on iTunes and not sample anything or else I'm going to have to clear it. And that's a lot of hard work. But I also have to say, once again, thank you to Whittier College for having me speak as a panelist. That was a bucket list dream. I could not believe that this kid from San Bernardino, California, actually got to do something that cool. That was one of my most memorable experiences. I could not believe I was a panelist. So I had a really good time on that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, your College. You have no idea. And also, again, I want to thank uh, Ralph Lawler, Los Angeles Cooper, longtime broadcaster, Hall of Fame broadcaster, Ralph Lawler. Got to get used to saying that. He finally made the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. The party was amazing. Uh, sorry I skipped out early, but I did return and then skipped out again. <laughs> but uh, it was a good time and to be invited and you've only known me a year. That was amazing. That was fun. It was a good time and I couldn't believe that uh, it happened. I do want to say one thing before we go. Talking sports. Magic Johnson. Okay. Y'all don't understand. Like, Magic Johnson's my favorite player of all time. 
To me, he's better than Jordan, better than Kareem, better than Dr. J, better than LeBron, better than, well, Kobe's better than him athletically, but I think Magic Johnson had the most, he was so cerebral. For those that don't know what cerebral is, that's smart. I thought his basketball IQ was very high. He was not the quickest, couldn't jump the highest, but for somebody being six foot nine, it's amazing to watch how he commanded play on the floor. He controlled every aspect. I thought that's amazing to watch, and I fell in love watching his basketball style as a child. With that being said, just because you're good at one thing does not make you good at the other. Okay? Case in point, Magic, the basketball player. Outstanding. Hall of Famer. Can't be touched. One of the greatest to ever bounce a basketball. Magic Johnson, the entrepreneur. Billionaire. Rich. Smart. Can do all the right things when it comes to the boardroom. And make a lot of money. Magic Johnson, the talk show host. The worst talk show host in the history of late night television. Because you can only smile and say, oh, my boy, KJ. You can only do that for so long before people are like, yo, get this off the air, man. It sucks. But, yo, it's Magic Johnson. I don't give a damn who it is. That show sucks. Then you have Magic Johnson, the coach, the head coach. Did not do a good job. Did not uh, communicate or connect with any of the ballplayers. Then you have Magic Johnson, the team president. Okay, you got LeBron. LeBron was coming anyway. The problem was you're trying to get rid of somebody that Genie didn't want to get rid of. And you stuck all these ridiculous stiffs that wouldn't start on almost any other NBA team in the league and let LeBron run the asylum. And what did they get him? It got him so fed up he wouldn't come to work. It got Magic so fed up he didn't want to be there anymore, and he quit. He didn't even tell Jeannie Buss he quit. He announced it, and she got wind of it. Look, Magic, I'm always going to respect you. You're my favorite basketball player of all time. You're Ackerman for knowledge of money is astounding. Like, you are highly intelligent, when it comes to money, making it, and all that other stuff. But Magic, you quit on the team you claim to be a member for life of. I'm still a Laker for life. But Lakers don't quit like that. Because I know if that was a player that you were playing with, or a front office member, while you were playing, just quit like that, You'd have some words for him and possibly throw down. But you gave up on this team. You wanted LeBron. You got LeBron. You're Magic Johnson. I never seen that in my life. And I was highly disappointed that he just up and left the Lakers like that. I quit. I'm done. I, I, I can't have fun. I can't be restricted. I'm Magic. I like to have fun. <laughs> Look, you quit on the team, Magic. You ride it out at least at least for a little longer. At least have a solution before you quit. Like, okay, this is what I think, you know, might help. 
he quit on the Lakers. And unless you had some personal reasons, I feel that it was the wrong move and wasn't cool. So, with that being said, good luck, Lakers. I hope y'all rebuild and you find your ways because this team is in trouble, trouble. Shout out to the Clippers for making the playoffs and helping them uh, checks keep clearing. It's a, it, it, I appreciate it. I, in all honesty, I wish I could see a hallway series, Lakers versus Clippers. That would be dope. But another Lakers season, no playoffs. All right. So that concludes this episode of the Big Brother Jake podcast. I Man, I'm exhausted. What a day. What a day. It's just been a, a, a crazy ride today. But I had to get the podcast done. Again, for those in Los Angeles, keep the peace in the streets, man, and let Nipsey go home peacefully. Celebrate his life peacefully. Don't be a knucklehead. And uh, wish I could be at Staples. And for those that are scalping tickets, man, shame on you. That's awful. Terrible. One of the, oh, don't even get me started. Anyways, looking forward to next week already. Get that started. Never know what else is going to take us. But uh, for those that are listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast since day one, I can't thank y'all enough. And I know who y'all are. Thank you so much. All right? We're just striving to get better. Striving to get better. Until the next episode. Deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast.